Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Brawn Body Podcast. Really appreciate you tuning in. And as always, if you haven't yet, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and leave a review just to make sure that you get uh, up-to-date information on all of our new episodes. Today we've got a real treat for you. We're joined by Chloe Davies uh, to discuss her journey in kickboxing. So if you don't know who Chloe is, she currently attends Swansea University over in the UK, and she's studying sports and exercise science. She's also a very competitive kickboxer, so she competes at both club and university levels. Uh, Just a year ago, a little over a year ago at this point, she won the Waco English Champions, which is the gold standard for kickboxing in uh, the UK, and she was slated to compete on the GBT, so she was going to compete internationally in kickboxing for some international titles, but lo and behold, our good friend COVID uh, put a little pause on that. But as you can see, if you can't tell yet, Chloe is an incredible person who is doing some amazing things. And if you want more on Chloe, you can find her on Instagram at Athlete underscore 26. And if you don't want to type that out, I'm going to leave that in the episode description for you. So with that, Chloe, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So when we talk about these episodes, we think about Motivation Monday, and we think about all the things that we've done to be successful. We think about, you know, how we've gotten to the point we've gotten to. And obviously, you've been extremely successful in the world of kickboxing, so First off, why kickboxing? That's kind of a unique sport, unique activity. You don't hear a whole lot about that. So why did you get into that? Um, for me, I never got into team sports. I, I did them, obviously, like compulsory, doing like PE and things. But I never just, I didn't like having to rely on other people. But with kickboxing, especially like in my club, we have a very team environment where we compete individually. And it's, I got the best of both worlds. I get on the mat, I do my, my own thing, but then I train with my team. I have my team around me. Yeah, so it's, it's a sport where I can get the best of both worlds, basically. It's very, very good. That's awesome. I uh, definitely love the sound of that. It's not only pushing yourself, but you're being bettered by those around you as well. And I'm sure you've faced quite a few obstacles uh, in your journey to get to the point where you are today. Um, can you talk about and describe some of those? Yeah, in general, I think a, bit, a main obstacle is that kickboxing isn't a main, mainstream sport, especially mm-hmm. over in the UK. You, have, you do have like your gold standard of mainstream sports. You have your rugby, you have your football, hockey, netball. And yeah, kickboxing isn't up there with being a mainstream <laughs> at all. <laughs> very big lack of funding pretty much it's all Mm self-funded for me i need to be on a scholarship with my university now so i do get money towards my competitions but before that it would be self-funded but um originally in my first year of university i did get rejected from from the scholarship Hmm. just because obviously kickboxing isn't in um the olympics so they turned around and said, oh, but if you did Taekwondo, it would be different because obviously Taekwondo is in the Olympics. But I was like, well, my sport isn't in the Olympics, so I don't know <laughs> what I'm saying. But luckily I got taken in by TAS, which is um, a talented athlete scholarship scheme. Mm-hmm. And they got me on board in my first year. So I had basically the luxury of a scholarship without the money. 
which, you know, which was fine with me because I got my strength and conditioning programs, something I had never had access to. I had help doing my university lectures when I was coming up to competing. And then finally, after my first year, I got the full scholarship for the last two years. So yeah, it was a rocky stone, like start for it. Definitely. And, yeah. But personally, for me, um, obviously with kickboxing, you've got weight, um, weight classes. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, an all, like a big thing with that was my weight cuts. Um, I fight in the lowest class for a senior woman. So I fight in minus 50 kilos, which is about 110 pounds. And I'm 20, I'm 22. So it's not a manageable <laughs> weight for me at all. <laughs> when I do compete it is I will have to cut for it. And yeah, so over the years, I think it's started to develop into like a negative thing around food, about scales, purely just because I would sit about 53 kilos above, like obviously I'd sit at 53, but it got into my mindset that if I went above 53, oh my God, that's the end of it. Even Mm. though like majority of the competitions didn't have the lowest weight class, I'd have to go up a category. But yeah, it wasn't... Yeah, it's a bit of a long road about weight cuts and weight and things. Right. And, you know, that's a amazing point to bring up. And that's a problem that I think plagues um, most people uh, in America. I'm sure in the UK as well. Um, a lot of people are really struggling with this. And um, I'm saying this partially, too, because uh, this week when we're recording this podcast, this is being recorded back in February here. I know it's not going to air for quite some time. Uh, but this was, I believe, International Eating Disorder Week or something like that. So this is a very common problem. Um, we see it especially, um, I think, disproportionately amongst female athletes. Um, so is there anything that you've done to kind of beat that back and help overcome it or any tips you can share for people who are struggling with that sort of thing? I think my main thing is learning, is like being knowledgeable about it. Because I went through a stage where this is going to be absolutely awful me saying this, but I went through a stage and I was, I was training quite a lot and I was eating about 1200 calories a day, mm-hmm. but then I went and burned 1200 calories in the gym. I went, I did it for quite a while. And like looking back on it now, I was like, what was, what was I doing? <laughs> like genuinely. Um, so I, and the, and the training was cardio as well. I didn't even pick up weights, nothing. Mm-hmm. I have to overcome it by being knowledgeable about it, learning through coaches. Mm-hmm. My essence coach has been a big help. And it's got to the point now where I'm learning that food is fuel. Like, I need it. If I, if I don't have enough to eat, I'm not going to go and lift, like, nearly double my body weight. I'm not going to be able to do a high-intensity session. Mm-hmm. It is a big thing about learning what you need and accepting that you have to eat. You need to eat. Right. you're not doing anything. Definitely. It's not just, you know, you have to eat, but it's eating the right things too, I'm sure. Um, I have a feeling the food um, that you have in the UK is much different than what we have in America. Um, You know, you think American food and you typically think of white bread, Cheerios and other cereal, hot dogs and uh, all this other stuff. And, uh, you know, that's not the best things to be eating uh, day in and day out. And I think a lot of these things tend to be culprits behind eating disorders. I'm certainly not an expert on eating disorders, but I know quite a bit about nutrition. 
And I can tell you that processed foods and high sugar foods have this sort of vicious cycle on the body where once you take them in, they literally activate dopamine receptors in your body to make you feel good. So that makes yeah. you want more and more and more. Um, and it can be hard to stop or slow that process down. And you kind of lose that feeling and sense of control. And that tends to lead to radical behaviors. Um, yeah. So I think the fact that you were able to get a handle on it and uh, kind of push it back and overcome it, just not just physically, but mentally and emotionally as well, because I know there's a lot of strain that you'll go through during something like this. I think that says a lot about your character and your resilience. I mean, you know, you can, you've had the odds stacked against you by the sounds. You've had um, issues with that. You've had issues with just being able to compete in the first place. You've had issues yeah. with training and yet you continued to fight forward and push on to get to this ultimate uh, level that you're at right now. Yeah, I think now, even though I'm still, like, we're still in lockdown over here, but now I think I've got like one of the best training like strategies now, but it, like before thinking about it, it's like I would not listen to my body. I felt like if I didn't get a training session done, like it was bad. Like I needed to get a training session done, even though my body was most likely in absolute fits, it needed to recover. Whereas now my sessions, I will do like some high days and then low days. And on my low days, I probably will go for a walk and that's about it. And then I'm on the sofa watching Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing <laughs> wrong with that. <laughs> Got to balance I, it I need, off. Yeah, because otherwise I'm not, it's like some days I'm up 6 a.m. I train, I got my weights, I got my yoga. And then I need like to recover. Like I did a high day yesterday. I had a little, like quite a short, sharp session this morning, but oh, I'm aching today. So <laughs> it's not a lot for me today to do. <laughs> no, I definitely understand that. Um, and one more thing I want to ask you too, before we uh, wrap this up is kickboxing is a really tough sport. I mean, not only are you dishing out blows, but you're taking quite some nasty hits sometimes. So how do you kind of like build yourself up mentally and physically? Well, physically, we'll talk about with the training on the next episode, but mentally, how do you prepare yourself to take these hits from people and, you know, keep fighting, so to speak? Um, for me, I know everyone has a different mindset. You know, a lot of people will go into competition, you know, like I'm going to hit you, you're going to hit me, we are going to fight and they will proper psych themselves out. For me, I, I'm quite the opposite. I like just staying relaxed. Mm -hmm. like, I like in the competitions, we don't have um, like a time. We don't know when we're going to compete. Mm. So some days, a lot of the time, obviously, because I'm adult, I'll be at the end of the day, but I'll be after, I'll be there at 9 a.m. weigh in, and then I have all day to wait. So yeah, I see a lot of people, like especially adults, they'll be warming up all day, psyching themselves up. By the time I get to my fight, I would be tired. Whereas for me, I just stay relaxed and surrounding yourself with good teammates is definitely key. I used to get into my own head so much. I used to be very critical. I like I in my head, I've lost before I even got onto the mat. It was a very vicious, not a nice way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Whereas now I'm quite relaxed. I listen to music. I'll coach sometimes if my, my main coach needs help. And then when it's time for me to fight, I'll warm up like some of my teammates and it's a very it's the same process now and now I found that it definitely works well it certainly sounds like you are wise beyond your years um because that is the sort of strategies 
that you hear the top performers and top athletes across all sports do is they stay calm, they stay relaxed, and they stay emotionally intelligent, so to speak, is they don't let, you know, the fury and anger or excitement or whatever it is take over because people are so often blinded by emotion. And if you let the rage and all these other things get the better of you, you know, you're going to wear yourself out very quick. Whereas if you're relaxed, you're calm, you're cool, collected, you just stick to your plan. And I'm sure yeah. you probably fight and wear other opponents out pretty quickly. And then you've just got the whole fight from there. Yeah, definitely. It's just, it's just staying, staying calm, just getting on with it, know exactly what I've got to do. And then after that, hopefully, it, well, it does work. <laughs> wow, that is, that's awesome. Um, I can definitely see why you made it to the level where you were going to compete internationally. Um, all the pieces really fit here. So uh, with that, Chloe, any big takeaways you want people to um, take from this 10, 15 minute talk we've got right now? Yeah, um, I think my biggest thing is listen to your body. It's, you need it. You can't <laughs> push it. You can't push it. You need it. And yeah, you're, 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 you are your own person. For me, I found that especially with social media now, you know, that not everything works the same for everyone. What might work for someone else doesn't work for you. And that it's just be patient and believe in yourself. Definitely. Awesome advice. Um, so Chloe, with that, thank you so much for coming on for this episode and excited to have you on for another episode where we debunk uh, and break down kickboxing. We break down all the different training conditioning that you do, fitness strategies, all that sort of thing. Uh, for those listening, again, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this episode and leave a review. This is how we help more people get a hold of the content that we're providing. And if you feel so inclined, we'd really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend. And one last note, uh, at this time of recording, about four to 5% of our total audience is from the UK. So Ireland, England, uh, Scotland, we even had one or two people from Wales. Um, if you didn't know, Wales is actually a country. There's like four or five countries in the UK. Um, so I'm curious to see if those numbers change uh, significantly after these episodes.